We are shows what you know. We'll always watch TV. And if you think we can't, we'll watch more and you'll see. That's why the people of the web believe in Jim from Las Vegas and Jacob from Sweden. Oh, welcome to Shows What You Know, your television podcast where we discuss any and all TV shows that we feel like and one show I've been feeling like talking about for a long time. Uh, we, I just haven't been able to. It's House of Cards, so I'm glad to be here. My name is Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli, and oh, what a tangled web it is that we weave in our grasp, our journey as we grasp for power and we'll leave any people in our wake dead or whatever. Mm, it's very similar to our, our grasping for the uh, top of iTunes. Mm. Uh, we're still in uh, the prequel territory. Uh, yes. We're not even, uh, what was he? We're not even whipped. Oh, not even yeah. house whip. No, yet, we're not so. even close to house whip. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, still, we're still trucking along, though. We're going to get there to season one. Um, Netflix, when Netflix runs out of ideas, they're going to make our show about the podcasts. That's kind of a Silicon Valley crossover. Anyway, we're here to discuss the first five episodes of House of Cards. I'm guessing we're going to have a bit of a spoiler-free discussion, although our spoiler-free discussion will probably include stuff from the previous four seasons of House of Cards. So if you've never heard of the show, uh, well, let's leave a message to those who have never heard of the show. What would you say, Jim? House of Cards is the journey of this tangled web that we weave. (laughs) As we, you know, continue our grasp for power. But yeah, you know, it's about Frank Underwood and uh, and his wife, Claire Underwood. And, you know, just the, the behind the scenes soap opera-ishness of trying to be president. You know, leader of the free world, if you will. Mm. <laughs> Indeed, I will. I will. That sounds great. Um... Does it? It it is great though. I really enjoyed the first uh, few seasons. That sounds like I don't enjoy it now, but I actually do. Uh, how it, about you? It it for sure has its moments. Uh, it, and I know that sounds negative, but it's like, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a very solid show. It definitely gets kind of wonky sometimes when you're like, all right, like sometimes it it it, it get it's not afraid to be trashy. Um, and I remember when it first came out, I didn't I didn't watch it for like the first two seasons, I think. Uh, because it, it felt like, I don't know, people, I don't know how to say this, like, cause it's a political show, but it kind of isn't because it's just a soap opera in the end. But it felt like when it first came out, everyone was like, I, I only watch, I don't watch TV. I watch history <laughs> channel and house of cards. You know what I mean? But like, but then when I really, when I realized it's just kind of a trashy show, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. Well, I think I heard, uh, I, I probably heard about it from you, uh, or some <laughs> tweets, tweet along the lines of team, what was the guy's name, the security guard? Uh, oh. We're on his team, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, I forget his name, too. Yeah, so then I blazed through seasons, and I mean, uh, maybe, maybe this was another tweet of yours, but if it was, you were right, saying that, you know, some shows go... To the extreme with what their whole concept is and house of cards as you go through the seasons it definitely gets more house of cardsy like they really bu- butter up the house of cardness on both sides of the bread uh to where it's uh yeah as you say it gets soap opera-ish at times 
but anyway, that all that said, I it's a show I come back to and I've rewatched it at least once, maybe twice, and I don't do that with a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. And, and just because when I was at season four, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to go back to the roots, back where it all started, and like go through like, haha, yes, gaining power. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to watch the show like that or if I'm... I mean, I, I, I guess it's like the same way we watched uh, Breaking Bad. Like, fuck yeah, 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 do, do all the bad stuff. Ha ha ha. Like, we enjoy that. But, uh, well, I don't you, know. What do you think? Well, yeah, I'll... Uh... It, 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 uh, I mean, we did say this would have spoil. Are we in spoilers at least for seasons one through four yet? We are now. Okay. Currently. Because, yeah, like part of, like, most of the fun of the show is, is Frank Underwood, uh, you know, rising to the top. So then when he kind of, like, he became president, it was still interesting, but they have to keep figuring out ways of, like, throwing obstacles in his path or making it a little different. So, it wasn't quite as interesting. It, uh, it like the whole will they won't they of House of Cards is, uh, you know, Underwood and being the president, and then it was yeah. kind of like then he was president, uh, and then you're like, nice, he's gonna like nuke everyone, and he's gonna, <laughs> you know, he's gonna do all this crazy shit, and like of course they can't do that, and uh, th- this season I feel is also uh, like I'm not sure if you're saying season four was kind of back to the roots. This oh, season, no. I feel like, is kind of getting back to the roots in a way uh, with the whole, you know, manipulation and trying to get back into that power. But yeah. maybe it's like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's too late for me. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been climbing to the top for a while. Uh, and I mean, this election, he's been doing this election since... Uh, Two season, yeah. I mean, since season end of season two, he became president, right? Yeah, yeah. end of season so, two, he became president. So three, he's president, and we he's just trying to become the Democratic nominee for president. And then four, he's president, and he's doing the whole election. Yeah, the campaign. And then five, yeah. and we're halfway through season five. He the the election is over, but we still don't know if he's president, which is impressive. Yeah, that was a spoiler. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sorry about that. Well, yeah, it's a broad spoiler, but yes. Mm. Watch that shit, dude. Keep an eye on that shit. Yeah. Uh, it's a great show. Though. I mean, on a, it, it's it's like the first Netflix show, too, which is kind of interesting that this yeah. is where they figured out how to do TV shows. And I'm sure we all remember when they, like, what? That's a streaming thing. They can't do TV. What's going on? And then, you know, clock sped forward yeah. to now. They've clamored their way to power. You know, they, they're in control now. They're the Underwoods of streaming. So they got a new show every week, so it's kind of different. Yeah, you're right. I remember when uh, they this show like first came out, and everyone was like, they just put all the episodes up at once. It's yeah. like, and everyone was like, that thought that was so weird. I was like, okay, so on Friday, just all the episodes are going to be available. You can just watch it all, and yeah, <laughs> that's what you can do. And for yeah, whatever, we were surprised the other way. Yeah, and for whatever reason, um. It was weird because I was looking forward to the show, but then in a weird way, I wasn't. And not in the typical, like, a lot of people are like, what well, I need house of cards, a good Donald Trump. The TV, I yeah, got yeah. the news. Uh. And, I mean, it was kind of like that, but not in that way. Not that I was like, Trump's a real Underwood or whatever. It was more just that because of, like, you know, how everyone's just constantly talking politics, politics, politics. It was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I really want to watch a show about politics. Uh, yeah. But then I remembered, like, oh, yeah, it's not really about politics. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's about backstabbing and manipulation yeah. and all that. And I mean to be fair, um a lot of the show is what would look boring on the outside, uh, which is kind of a compliment. You know, they have a lot of scenes where someone comes in like, you know, Doug Stamper comes in and he's he's trying to intimidate someone and 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 then he's like, "Oh, you know, we and the guy, the guy's a senator, and he's talking about my grandpa used to own a peanut farm. And Doug Stemper's <laughs> like, I'm allergic to peanuts. The president wants you to do this. And he's like, laughs like a peanut. <laughs> and then, you know, eat this peanut sandwich. I'm going to film it and send it to your daughter. It's all this weird, like, detail stuff. But but they have this tense music under it. And uh, I don't know. In a way, it, it all connects and works for me. I enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe it's a guilty pleasure. Sometimes it's bordering on guilty pleasure. And sometimes it's like, wow, so great quality TV. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I don't... I know it sounds like we're kind of shitting on the show, but like, I mean, if you've watched the show, I feel like you know what we're talking about. It's a good show, but I mean, even like uh, if we're talking like earlier seasons, like in what was it? Season two, when he kills the reporter, that's when you're kind of like, oh, that's what this show is. Because, yeah, I mean, even if like you're a conspiracy theorist and you think politicians are murderers or whatever, it just feels like, all right, you know, we're going we're going this route. You know, he's going to throw her in front of a train, a train and, uh, you know, just know where to stand. So the security cameras don't pick him up. Ha ha. Like I'm a villain. (laughs) Yeah, we are watching a villain at play, which is very enjoyable. And um, yeah, and I will say uh, like the the first two episodes of this season were kind of a chore for me to get through. Um, I don't know if that's just the show or like I was saying, I was kind of. Uh, I was just kind of like, politics, all I hear about is, yeah, politics everywhere. And like, it took me a little bit to get back into the groove of House of Cards. But basically, by the end of the second episode, I was like, hell yeah, let's do this shit. Let's do this, Underwood. Yeah. And it's, uh, they do a good job of, I mean, they invented this. So, well, they didn't invent cliffhangers, but they invented putting everything up at once. Mm. And it would be easy to get tired after a few episodes. I mean, what you're describing is exactly what they're going for. When you've watched two, it's like, I want more, I want more, rather than you watch three and you're like, yeah, it's enough of that. Because they Mm -hmm. they do a good job of hooking you into the next episode and the next one, and we're already like halfway through the season. So, great. Yeah, and uh, it's it's always that, um, since, since it doesn't have that weekly string you along like most like regular TV shows have, it's even and and plus since usually this show uh they put up in like february or whatever it's been even longer since i watched it and i didn't go back and rewatch it so it's also like getting back into what's going on is like yeah. oh yeah that guy oh yeah and that guy wait what did he do to that guy again oh yeah oh that's right yeah. the guy died from the uh uh organ donor list or whatever that's where that lady's from like that type of shit Right, they do go back like several seasons as well. They're not afraid to like pull some character from season one or two and have them appear, and then, <laughs> and then, then they do have to explain it. They do that quite thoroughly as well. Like, remember that time when we were both doing this? Uh, they've worked that in. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's it's good. Have you? No, this is a stupid question. You haven't watched the UK version, have you? I have not. I am. The prince of being, oh, but have you seen it in the original? <laughs> so I did buy it at like a yard sale for like no money. I got a box set with the UK version. 
this one's way better. I mean, the U.S. version is way better. I never say that with this one for sure. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> I well, it's also because it's from like '89 or '91 or something like that. So it's kind of wouldn't say dated, but it's it's uh, it's gotten certain feel to it. And I also I didn't read the book. I was going to. I read like the first page, but I read about what the story of the book was, and I think they did a good job of adapting that into a UK TV show because. I think the plot of that actually worked out better um over oh, in spoilers so i can actually i mean for the first season so i can actually say at the end of the first book this is so weird uh the guy meets with the reporter like the reporter girl at the top of like big ben uh and then it's all like revealed what's going on and then he kills himself he jumps over and dies <laughs> I just read the Wikipedia, so I'm not giving it full, like, the, the yeah. full thing here. But in the TV show, they were like, well, that's stupid, and changed it so he pushes her instead, and then it's like, ha, 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 I'm by, uh, prime minister. So, yeah, that was a good change. Uh, I think he did, like, write more books and then, like, Sherlock Holmes did and pretended it never happened or something. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, how do they do more books if he or did he yeah. just live and he was just in the hospital for the next book? <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I'm I'm speaking out of my arse here, oh, okay. uh, UK wise. So just wanted to mention it. It's an interesting tidbit. They did did a good job doing a uh, UK version, and then this version they definitely added or well, they made it their own thing in a good way. I think. Um, so good job. Yeah. Good. Good job. Uh, well, David Fincher was involved in the first season, wasn't he? Mm. He was. Say so. Yeah, he yep. was. He was. I don't yeah, think yeah. he's involved anymore, but uh, he was. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure most people even listening to this are probably already finished this season. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing it uh, piece by piece over here. You know, we're doing it old school. <laughs> that is the big negative thing that I think we mentioned on shows which you know before, that if you put out everything, how are you going to get that, you know, episode to episode excitement of what's going to happen next well you're going to get it here on shows which you know because we only watched the first half so yeah um yeah that's what we're going to get into now i think spoilers yeah so spoilers for season five episodes one through five that's right and that's it so yeah you know we we start out with uh, claire filming a commercial for the campaign and then uh, Frank has a very dramatic moment entering Congress. Well, you, you know what was great about that is how they trick you into thinking Claire's talking to the camera like um, Frank does. Yeah. At least that's what I got from it. I, I thought that was kind of a nice moment. And I think they keep, tr- they keep like, teasing yeah. that. Or, or has she done that before? I'm trying to remember. Was there a moment where she's talked to us, the audience? No, I feel like there may have been a coy look in uh, uh, okay. the previous season. Yeah. But also, that's what we get here as well. Most obviously, at the end of episode five, she's looking at the camera, and that's like the big hook, yeah. really. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then I didn't quite... I was a bit tired watching that last episode, because as we said, you just get pulled in and watch more and more. But <laughs> yeah. essentially, the cliffhanger at the end of uh, the, this first half is she's essentially president, Yes, I think. Uh, cause you know, they, they vote on vice president first and she gets it. She's acting president. So that's, and then she looks at the camera cause now she's, you know, taking over. So mm-hmm. interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he, he marches into the congressional floor. He really wants to declare war on Ico. 
that went away after a few episodes, didn't it? <laughs> um, he, yeah, you know, he won't, won't refuses to leave, and that's a nice dramatic thing. And in this episode, we also have the funeral of the soldier who was killed. Again, we kind of—I remember there was some sort of or terrorist the guy thing. who was, yeah, he was beheaded. Um, yeah, he was beheaded right. by Ico, and and kind of like it. This is this is a good uh, storyline, like the whole, you know, it, it is what happens. Politicians obviously use fear to, you know, control the populace or what have you, but it. Yeah. It this is this might have been why I was a little because t- it felt a little tired because you know Alex Jones because of reality and, uh, yeah like and and I just kept thinking like ah oh, you're gonna see these clips in like a conspiracy theory video on YouTube you know what I mean and not that I don't think that that's actually what happens it's just that you know obviously this is a soap opera show so everything's kind of to the the uh, umpteenth degree or whatever. So some of it was just kind of like, ah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're using fear. But it, although, to be fair, the when the season four finale, that moment at the end, I did think was great. When yeah. everyone's like watching in horror at the guy being beheaded and then the, the Underwoods are just kind of like, hmm, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this. Yeah, that's <laughs> great the for kind of pro- <laughs> yeah. yeah, The show kind of promised that's the direction they were going because they were losing and then they were going to snatch hold of that fear. It is weird how uh, things happen in a year and or two years or three years that changes the way we look at a show. I mean, again, not to say that it, I just watch it on TV, me. Yeah. But <laughs> when we were talking about The Handmaid's Tale, people were drawing comparison to modern day politics. Here it's actually, you know, inevitable. In Handmaid's oh, Tale, sure. it's kind of like, come on, you do that with everything. But here it's like, okay, yeah, you should. This makes sense. But then, as you say, you're fatigued and everything. But still. Can't help but root for the bad guy. Huh. Yeah. This does not bode well for society. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, what's going on? There's a funeral, and there's a bit of drama going on there where, you know, Frank gets accused by the daughter that that's, he's the reason the dad's dead. Uh, again, these are things that don't really... Like, they're not big storyline things. They're just kind of setting the mood of what's going on in the sure. country and in yeah. the Underwoods' heads and stuff like that. Um, so the big thing that's going on is more about the search for this terrorist, and the episode uh, concludes eventually uh, with re- the reveal that uh, Frank had the terrorist all along. Don't you worry, uh, he had him good and locked up. Yeah, and and part of what's so great about these sh- this show, um, those like these those hammy moments where uh, Underwood's talking to us, but I love them so much. They're so great yeah. Yeah. when he just you know looks at the camera and he's like what you think i didn't have this guy like yeah, yeah who do you think who do you think you're dealing with here this is frank underwood motherfucker and i'm like yeah. hell yeah bitch frank underwood <laughs> best dude um and i was that uh i was that dumb douche when i went to vote uh this past election i wore my underwood 2016 shirt <laughs> oh god did you also like look at a camera and like hell yeah. wink like you were in the office yeah no i started talking too like i was frank underwood i was talking to no camera <laughs> sweet you're like i know you're filming me they're filming everything yeah <laughs> that's funny uh yeah i mean that's pretty much episode one there was some go- stuff going on with you know the, the the mother of the terrorist and all that uh claire's showing her chops and so on but moving on episode two um claire finds out about frank's old friend who's gone missing and is presumed dead 
Now, uh, this I wasn't fully clear on, and I probably should have done my homework, but I assume they're 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 referencing Frank's gay lover. Is that the guy who's gone missing? I mean, uh, those are dangerous words to be thrown around about a president. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, the rafter. I believe he was running a rafting company now or something. Uh, they yeah. were at military school together. There was that episode where they kind of hung out at a, a... Yeah, like it was their... I, don't, I forget if it was their school reunion or it was some sort of event like that. It was a library that had the Underwood name on it. He paid yes. for it or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the guy. He's presumed dead. Uh, but now, Frank's busy trying to set up these voting centers. So now, did yeah. he go missing? In was this referenced in the previous season? No, I don't okay. think so. I know I sound like a noob here, but I—I I mean, I definitely picked up what they were putting down. I probably should have looked into it before our discussion here, but uh, I—that's I, basically what I was assuming the whole time. And so, yeah, there's like this hint of, you know, Frank needs to mourn for his true love, but he has like he can't take his eye off the ball right now. Mm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I got that they were close, but it, they, to me, what he's saying to Claire is totally true, that he never really loved anyone else than her. Um, yeah. That's my take on it and, anyway. And that, I, I mean, to the other degree, the, the, the strength of the show is the, the Frank and Claire relationship. Because then yeah. season four was the one when it was all about, like, they're at odds with each other. You know, is Frank's greatest threat actually Claire because they're not together mm-hmm. and they're not a team and yeah and then they were welded together by the end uh and now we're here yeah it's, it's going in interesting directions um yeah so they're also hacking to destroy all the evidence of all the incredibly illegal stuff they did so they got this hacker guy who's all he, all season he's like I don't know man I can't do this the, anymore man yeah he's the worst guy uh McCallan or whatever and yeah, he was the guy. He had that dance scene. I think it was last season when he like puts oh, his yeah. headphones on and he's just like dancing around shirtless. And yeah, that was ev- straight out of Mr. Robot. <laughs> and every time, every time we see this guy this season, he's messing something up, or he's like, "Oh my god, what am I doing? Uh oh, this is bad news." And it's kind of like, I-, I guess I know he's kind of a few degrees separated directly from Underwood, but it yeah. feels like such a sloppy thing. Like what we know about Frank Underwood and his precision and the stuff he does, mm-hmm. uh, it felt like such a sloppy thing. But I guess that's more speaking to Stamper and um, uh, Nev Leanne. Campbell's character. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's because he's really like. I mean, wasn't he like the cool collected guy when he came in? Like, you know, it's all about data. <laughs> yeah, that's the way you win an election. I could hack everything for you, no problem. Just give me this USB thing or whatever. Uh, and now he's really freaking out yes. about everything. To be fair, he's basically doing a terrorist attack uh, yeah. in this episode, which is what we were kind of waiting for. You know, the end of the last season was kind of promising that they're that the Underwoods were gonna, you know, nine eleven them their country something similar to some degree. And we get something similar to some degree here where they go and attack a telecommunications center, which messes up all the phones, which is supposed to, you know, help him accelerate the declaration of war and all that. But uh, does it? Yeah, I mean, it does a little of both because they even reference in one of the, I think in episode like four or five, they even reference how uh, Underwood's not as boisterous about the war thing anymore. But uh, yeah, it helps on that, but it also helps like just c- 
convince these coward politicians that like real things are happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess that's, that's right. kind of the main thing because it does like these experience do play up later uh with the with the, the vote voting stuff centers. and the voting yeah. centers yes yeah because we start we start getting security uh, around the voting centers and then potentially shutting down voting centers so it does work out to that respect yeah so and and yeah it does end i think with you know he's getting the military rolling in and that's when conway does a little outburst on tv about real war and real stuff like that and frank and clara kind of like having a drink and smiling like they do. Uh, it, everything's going their well, way. And then we get to see their pumpkins. Don't you oh, remember yeah. the pumpkins? I remember the pumpkins now. I made, the specific, yeah. I made sure to specifically notate their pumpkins good. that they had. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a tutorial up for that by Halloween. Um, so, yeah. Then, I mean, that's episode one and two. I didn't necessarily feel the same way that it, it was kind of a bore, but definitely three and four when the election is actually happening. That's those are the best episodes of this batch so far, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. that, like uh, it, yeah, it wasn't so much that at the by the episode end of episode two, I was fully pulled in. But yeah, once things start kicking up in three and four, is what really got me in. Yeah, because you know we've we've been here about this election for I don't know years, <laughs> uh, literally years with House of Cards, and then start episode three it's the day before election and it feels like the white walkers are bringing down the wall or something that it's finally happening um conway is holding this 24-hour live stream call in which is kind of feels like well what could i mean it's it's funny how a lot of this stuff is stuff that could definitely be happening like a 24-hour live stream with a candidate yeah, uh, that could happen. It's weird because it feels like it could happen but then it even as a viewer like not a not like a campaign manager or any any type of expert in politics. You're like, what a horrible idea. What is this guy doing? Like, yeah. you're going to do this like the day before the election. And I it's... mean, you know about live streams, Jim. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> things don't go the way you want. And, and you do it for 24 hours. God. And you're seemingly not able to fully um, screen these calls and questions yeah. that are coming yeah. in. Yeah. And Frank is just manipulating and throwing in the questions that they want to spin things their way. Because there's something about the war, which we still don't know exactly what's going on. But uh, something about him being a hero where he actually probably did something bad or yeah. something or other like that that's not fully revealed. And that get, he doesn't like that people bring it up because in the previous episode, the his vice president, I think, is talking about how he's a hero or something. So they, they decide to play that up because it's playing well. And then he keeps getting these questions and it's stressing him out. Yeah, this is where we really start to see Conway, like, and they start to really build on this in the, the like, the episodes after that, you know, maybe things aren't so great with Conway either. Maybe he's not this uh, golden boy we thought he was because uh, yeah. he's just geeking out all the time. <laughs> he <laughs> just can't control himself anymore. Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we got a lot of campaigning going on in this episode, of course. Uh, Matthews comes back, who was the original vice president for like I don't know, not not a long time in the first season. Oh yeah, and they're trying to do deals with that. Uh, yeah, what else is going on? Uh, I don't know. Well, you mean Frank's a cuck? We see what we see what what kind of what oh, yeah. a big cuckold. And I mean, I don't mean like the way other people just say. It. Like, I mean literally, he's a cuckold. Like because mm-hmm. Frank's just hanging out while uh, Claire and oh, I forgot to bring talk about this guy the stupid writer i hate this fucking character 
I mean, um, it, it's really indicative that we haven't brought it up at all. Maybe yeah. <laughs> this appeals to other viewers, but I don't know. It's not that fun anymore. I don't like him anymore that well, much. And especially, I mean, I never really liked him. And especially the way this ad, the actor plays him. He's such like a dull black hole like of, in, of anything interesting whenever he's on screen because he's always just kind of like morose. And, and I know that's kind of part of the character. But it's I've heard just... you say this. You've, you've said this before. He was in some other show, right? And you were talking about how you hated him on House of Cards. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think that was. Yeah, we talked about this. Which show was? Because he was on. Um, I know he was on Boardwalk Empire, and he was he was decent on that. But he was like completely different character. He wasn't this fucking dude that he's always playing on House of Cards. Play a different character already, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me look. I just want to look him up real quick. See if there's something he was in recently that we watched. Yeah, no problem. So, oh, the night of. of. Yeah, he was on the, the night, night of. of. That's right. Oh, he's like the <laughs> trainer. That's right. Mm, boring character there yeah. too. <laughs> but I mean, you. I didn't even think that much about it. But just hearing you say it, yeah, he does say everything like, "What do you? Th- Eternity can't be found in the uh, cupboard." Yeah. There, you know? Yeah. And then in, I think it's in it's in an episode five where he just kind of wanders into the tour and just starts being himself <laughs> and weirding everyone out. The tour. Oh, I'm an idiot. I mean, that would be episode six. I'll have to cut that uh, out. Okay, okay. I'll have yeah, to cut yeah. that out. <laughs> uh, no problem. No problem. So we got one of the finest bits of this episode. Frank calls into the 24-hour live stream, which is, I know these are like fictional characters. It doesn't matter if they're being like, technically, they're like, I don't know. I'm so pulled into it that I'm like imagining all the people watching it like, oh my God, head to head, president to president. And I, it was cool to have them talk there. And it, I, like you said about live streams, uh, that was first. I was like, Frank, what are you doing? You're like tired and drunk or something. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, you know, he's been tenderized for I guess 24 hours by all these people calling in and complaining. So of course, it's a great opportunity to get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it works really well. And then uh, I think that's where they kind of have uh, don't don't they have they have that moment where they're like. Uh, this is our house. Oh, wait. Well, that's at the end. Because first they yeah. do the whole uh, election thing, and then they realize, like, it's not going to go quite as planned, so they need to go to, like, plan B or whatever it yeah. is. What they find out is about the numbers that people aren't voting, essentially, which I can, you know, relate to. Um, people aren't voting, and that's a big issue for them. If even in his home state... They can't yes. get people to go out which, and vote. That's going to be an issue. Which was really weird because it was kind of their plan was to do that. Yeah. But then I, it, it's, so mm-hmm. it, it, I think even the writers of the show, they were kind of like, eh, this is a little gray area. We'll just kind of, if the characters are confident in it, the audience will just go with it. Because it wasn't fully clear because the plan kind of was to build this terror and have even like soldiers at the voting booths where yeah, that would kind of scare people away, but I guess they assumed, for whatever reason, it was going to mostly scare away Republicans. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% on the plan. As often yeah. as with this show, you're kind of piecing it together uh, after they've done it. or like in, in a different show, they might do that super intentionally, but here it feels like you're piecing it together without, like, you're supposed to get what's going on, but you're mm-hmm. kind of putting it together after the fact. And uh, yeah, anyway, it was too too few people. I think they didn't have voting centers everywhere, or am I crazy? I'm not sure. Well, because it was the whole idea was that they were supposed to be doing kind of voter suppression, which was going to somehow work in their favor. 
but you know it just didn't so they're like oh no they're not showing up like we're not this is bad for us and so then it you know quickly kicks into plan b where frank is gonna like pretend that he concedes the election but they're also right. working in the background they're working uh what was it um ohio and like tennessee or whatever like really amping up the scare and oh yeah they bring out the secretary of state gave him that little morsel of information like this this guy with ico ties or the name there's a man that potentially has ties to ico maybe we could pick him up and try to make it seem like things are scary and there's going to be an attack uh yeah and it all just comes down to like this is our house we ain't going anywhere yeah we're the fucking then- underwoods yeah, and then for the credits, it starts playing "Who's House." Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that was kind of tacky. Frank's house. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they watch this old black and white movie as well, and have a lot of dramatic conversations about never talk to me about losing and all that. But essentially, mm-hmm. what you're saying is is the plot, and that moves us into episode four as well, where the main part of the election is going on. Where yeah, it's not a hundred percent clear either on what went do- down in Tennessee, is it? uh was there like i mean obviously they made a lot of pressure happen there and then there was some sort of fight or riot or mini riots we're not 100 percent, are we? yeah it just kind of cuts around to that like you know i guess i guess what the idea that we're getting from it is uh that the underwoods have done such a good job of kind of amping up this Mm -hmm. you know this anxiety this fear but then also People are out and people are already kind of clashing because you're going to vote. So, ah, uh, this guy's not voting for my guy. And, you know, it's just a nice recipe for chaos. Yeah, and I guess it was like a, a, a bomb detecting dog is barking. And oh, that, that makes right. everyone panic. Yes. They're not trained to bark when they find a bomb. They're trained to sit down. So anyway, yeah, as you say, they've they've spun the panic enough where it gets out of hand and gets crazy. I mean, I was imagining we would see Doug Stamper like, Sneaking there with a knife and a trench coat and stab someone. <laughs> I don't know. In this season, every episode, every scene Doug Stamper's in, I expect him to shoot someone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Intense. Doug Stamper's great. And, like, uh, we, we got to see his journey last season, like, getting back in good with Frank. Um, but it's great that he he's always, like, one moment away from completely just cracking. and <laughs> but he's But he's still holding it together, and he's still, like, the man. But yeah. yeah, he's he's sleeping with this woman whose husband he kind of essentially killed by oh, taking yeah. his. That's that's what that I was that was what something I blanked on completely. Yeah, no, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I had to. I did. I I had to look it up to refresh because I was like, oh, who is this lady again? And yeah, he he manipulated the uh, like the Department of Health or whatever to basically bump Frank up on the organ donor lists, and oh, yeah. <laughs> her husband died. So now he's just having sex with her and. <laughs> Oh, Doug. I mean, not to say he's not interesting. He is. But the stuff we remember is going to be, you know, Frank doing cool shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not going to be Doug. Well, if it is Doug, it's going to be him sitting at a bar again with like a shot of alcohol. He's not going to drink. And we know he's not going to drink it, but he's, you know, right there on the edge every single day. And in comparison to the the writer, um, like Doug is kind of, you know, morose and serious and whatever. But He's killing it. Like, yeah, I'm not concerned when he's on screen. He's super interesting and he's really nailing this character. 
Uh, and I don't know if they're going for like a version of that with the writer, but it's just not working. Uh, but yeah, but but Doug also has the basically the press secretary could be out to get him in a way because he's like working his little information deals on the side to keep his spot potentially, even if the Underwoods go out, because yeah. we still got the news reporters on the case trying to piece together what happened and how high this conspiracy does go. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, and there's, it just feels like poor Doug Stamper is going to be that weak, even though he's such a strong, like loyal guy, we see how everything from the past seasons and, and even, even the stuff we didn't see that we just assumed Doug Stamper had to do. Yeah. It's all been weighing on him and eventually he's going to crack. And we even get like, I don't know. Frank does this a few times. He's getting, more, he has more pressure on him. Like he's done it a few times through the show, but now probably the worst time he does it to turn to Stank oh, to Doug yeah. and like, is there a question about your oh, Lord? Yeah. Says oh, that man. over nothing when Doug has murdered people for him. He's given up his whole. He says his whole professional life, but that's his whole life. Everything he he did the <laughs> organ donor thing. He like I don't know. He, he almost got brain damage. Had to learn to walk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Frank's like. You didn't give me Ohio or whatever. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, you're plotting against me. And Doug is like, for real? Are you for serious right now? And I did like that Frank, like, I was out of line. Like, that's like, yeah. one of the few times he's backed out. He's like, oh, wait, that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did like is because that's when we're starting to see these hints. Because even Stamper's like, they should have, like, they should have folded. I don't understand why they're not. So... We're getting this hint that season one, Frank Underwood, that was like swinging dick that could do whatever he wants. Yeah. People are starting to realize like, hey, maybe we don't have to listen to Frank Underwood. And yeah. and I'm and there's all, all also like the whole seats where everyone's kind of going towards Claire. And they're even saying like, look, you know, we kind of like you, but we don't like Frank. And of course, they're building something with, you know, uh. The, the the underwoods are gonna kind of have to have almost like a civil war if Frank doesn't just, you know, step in line with Claire. She's the new hotness. Yeah, you know, give it four years. Uh, <laughs> in the worst case scenario, well, we know she's vice president now, so even better. But but you know, give it four years, she is gonna be president no matter what, probably. And they did do that whole thing of like, um, Underwood, and they said all the years, and I don't know what how. I don't know how Frank's planning on that. I mean, I guess he'll improvise, but oh yeah, that's a lot of years for you, Frank. You're pretty old. Uh, what do you think the plan is, Jim? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's gonna do. They do that thing um, for athletes. They spin their blood. They don't do it in the U.S., but you go uh, like to your neck of the woods. I think they take uh -huh. your blood out and they like spin it around in a thing, and then they put it back in, and it like heals you. So I think okay. he's gonna go blood spinning. Sounds legit. Sounds like good season seven stuff. Um, yeah, so basically there's voter suppression going on and we think that's, well, sort of suspected, okay, that's, that's the, that's how they're going to win. But actually Frank calls and concedes. So it's like, what? But they're all smiling. What's going on? <laughs> and then it's a hung election because states refuse to verify the vote because of all the messed up shit going on. So the election is void. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. That's yes. what happens. Yeah. And it's, uh, one thing that does feel realistic and, and what I like is Frank just focuses on like one or two states 
because yeah. he knows if just one or two do it, then a bunch of other people are just going to fall in line and start doing shit as well. Uh, so I kind of like that aspect of it. And um, yeah, I think this is the one that ends with uh, what? One Nation Underwood. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. I like that. Um, what uh, is, I mean, you are a political scholar, so I will put this p- question to you. Is there a reason they don't continue like the vote for those states the next day or alternatively just do a fucking revote? You know, like happened in the UK last, a few few weeks ago. Yeah, like, well, I think I think they're building to that, and I think I mean, obviously, I don't know how much they're really pulling from actual laws, but yeah. uh, I think there is some truth. I don't think it would be something where they could just do it immediately like that, because uh, I'm sure people would argue. 